Welcome back to That's a Tough One, the best podcast with the most is bringing you all our thoughts and tidbits about news stories and Reddit stories across Yay. the world. And as you can hear, that's one of our hosts, Morgan. Morgan. And me, your other host, JD. And while you're also here, wherever you are in this podcast and just listening, make sure you go and rate us. Give us the highest ratings possible because we're all so highly rated. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that sounds great. Thank you for that intro. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, you know, I can run these hands and they are rated E for everyone. All right. Too much. That is your, like, really probably your number two, if not number one favorite joke that you like to say. <gasps> it ain't no joke. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> these hands are rated, boy. Well, you ready to start the show? Yeah, I'm ready to jump on up in there. All right. You have any minis for us this week? I'm bringing minis across the world. By this many across the world, I mean just in uh, Colorado. Okay. The headline, cop paid $30,000 to leave force after colleagues discover OnlyFans account. Wow. Is, is, are you just, sure you didn't do it before? There are so many stories of cops having OnlyFans account. Okay. <laughs> this, mm-hmm. is, this is a, a different story that just came out um, mm-hmm. January 24th. Okay. And she said people... Found out about her secret OnlyFans account and her her quote, I was in shock and panicking because I never wanted these two parts of our lives to collide. Okay. Uh, she got paid a $30,000 severance package to leave the force. Uh, she's an ex-cop, reportedly a, 28, a 28-year police veteran, and her LinkedIn profile now lists her as retired. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, yeah, especially because it seemed like she really loved, you know, working in law enforcement. She was pretty high up in there. She was a lieutenant. Um, so that's a couple rings up. And, you know, just mm-hmm. one of those things when your, pers- when your personal life and your private life and the right. how, how people perceive what is sex work mm-hmm. and that perception, especially on a, a, a public, such a public institution as the police force coming on to you. And she's also concerned because I think she has two uh, teenage kids mm-hmm. and about how she's going to explain that to them about what she does for a living. Because, I mean, I had a cat's out of the bag. I'm, I'm assuming it wasn't the biggest department ever. But now, since a couple people know, essentially everybody in that town mm. knows mm-hmm. what, what it is. So, definitely to, don't don't hesitate to tell your kids, especially in a situation like this. Because you, you, you're going to find out for you. They find out from uh, Jimmy on the playground. I mean, uh, I, children aside, I think it's complicated because I know that right now, if you go on any social media platform, like there are people whose platform is about their job. So it's like, you know, police officers, doctors, nurses, uh, you know, therapists, all types of people. And I think it gets complicated because like on the one hand, you know, you're an individual and you should be able to use social media however you want to use it. But then on the other hand, there are times where it can be inappropriate. So like just off the top of my head, I think it's recently been a backlash about doctors and nurses like using patient stories, like crazy patient stories for entertainment on social media or like therapists talking about things about clients that irritate them. And even though they're not saying people's names specifically, you know, people say it's like, oh, we're kind of humiliating the client or talking about something weird and being judgy about it, even if you're not saying their name, you're saying something that's super specific so they may know that you're talking about them or whatever. So, and that's up to your job to determine 
if it's appropriate or not. And that's literally going to be up to every state, every department, every boss or whatever. Um, and so while I do feel like you should be able to, you are an adult, you not do anything legal, you not break any laws, but it's up to your job to decide if they think it's appropriate or not. And that's not fair, but I think that's just the reality for a lot of people, depending on what field they work in. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you you are an extension and representation of their, whatever the company is. I know she works for a public institution that is policing, but even that, you are an extension of how how they will be perceived by other people. Yeah, and I also think, like, there are companies and jobs and managers that it doesn't matter why you go, like, you can go viral and it doesn't even need to be something negative and they will fire you. So I don't know if she was let go just for the sake of the publicity that, that, that came down on her in the department. I don't know if it's because they are prudish and they feel like, oh, well, you shouldn't be doing, you know, sexual things online and getting money for it or like your name's attached to the job and now you identified and you put other people at risk. Like, I don't really know. Personally, I don't think there's anything wrong with having an OnlyFans if you're, if you're an adult. I also don't think there's anything wrong with having children and like, I don't believe in shaming women for being sexual and having children. Like, I, I don't agree with that necessarily, but I just feel like you know your job and you know your boss and the, t- the company you work for. And if they don't condone you being present on social media, then it is what it is. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, I think, I think she's going to, uh, it, it is unfortunate what happened to her, but based on her saying she's earning about $4,000 a month, on the site and she got her severance package this officer she's gonna be okay mm-hmm. on the law way and probably got a little spike in uh people want to after they figure out she's a cop you know put on the cop pad every once in a while gonna get a little buffing um people coming to your website yeah, i mean i don't know she might not be okay because she still got fired from her job yeah and it might be something that she really enjoyed doing and she lost on that lost out on that for privilege and probably won't be able to get a job anywhere else Cause you can Google her name and see this story. So she did lose yeah. out on something. Yeah, you do something twenty eight years. You hope you at least like it a little bit. So, but I also feel like that's one of those things where maybe you don't do an OnlyFans, or if you do do an OnlyFans, you wear a mask or you keep you you know do the shots from the head down. Some people can't tell it's you, or if you have tattoos, cover them up. Like mm-hmm. it sucks that you have to do all of that. But I think society just hasn't caught up to. Like, some people are more progressive about sex than other people are. Some people are judgy and still judgy in those ways than other people are. So, I think that's, like, one of the last things that can get you fired real quick. You know, having naked pictures on the internet. Yeah, especially, especially the ones that you, you put out there yourself. Uh, so, I think we've gotten a little better in the... In, in the, I want to say we're the younger generation. Not but. much, because people still get, it's teachers all the time who get fired for their, you know, ex put pictures of them online and or somebody hacked their iCloud and their private pictures become public and they get fired all the time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Back back when I was police and um, I used to see it all. People would call and and say that my ex is putting. Uh, XYZ pictures on the internet uh, mm-hmm. a couple of them just really wanted to show us the pictures they were putting out there and I'm like you do not have to show us now <laughs> please but mm-hmm. uh, yeah you can get a little story for us yeah I have a mini so um, this one comes from SF Gate and I want to say it stands for the San Francisco Gate um, it's their website 
And the title is, Your Mask Makes You Look Stupid, California Man Under Investigation After Allegedly Spitting and Coughing on Children. Um, and so this article came out toward the end of January. I'm hoping that maybe next week I can come back with the update and he would have been apprehended. But basically, this all started when a man um, was reported, someone called the police and reported him at a shopping mall in the La Crescenta area. Uh, who was yelling and onlookers and people walking by pretty much anybody he saw with the mask. Um, he was hur- hurling insults and he was wearing a t-shirt that said, your mask makes you look stupid. And so some of the kids, I, I mean, some of the people who he was like engaged in this confrontation with were middle school boys. Um, and so after that, they said that they would launch some type of investigation, but it didn't really go anywhere. And then there came other reports to CBS Los Angeles that people that there were parents who were saying that this man had been for months outside of their children's middle school, yelling at children, putting his head in the cars during pickup, spitting on children, coughing on children, yelling and basically basically attacking any child he saw wearing a mask. And he said that he was they were he was yelling at the children about their freedom of speech. And, um, they called the police and guess what the police said? What do you want us to do? They said, uh, the parents said that they actually told the children that he had freedom of speech and he had a right to stand outside the school and tell them whatever he thought about them or wearing masks or whatever. And so he did, uh, also told them he would not take an incident report. <laughs> so that man was allowed for months to continue to yell, cough, and spit on children because of the supposed freedom of speech. And so finally, the parents were like, well, we just don't know what to do. The sheriff's department will help us. So they went to the press. And of course, that's when, that's where now they have opened an investigation onto the man. And there's plenty of hours of video footage because the parents unfortunately had to deal with him literally with his head in their vehicles. Um, and so the mayor now says they're looking into this incident and they're having so many incidents like this that they're going to actually have to pass a law where the police will have to arrest people who are harassing people for wearing masks. Yes, it's it's, it's still harassment. I, I, I know it's uh, this a hard gray area, but not when you're threatening or making kids feel unsafe. That's not a gray area yeah. at all. The, hey. Either get him out of there, take trespassing. Uh, if he's in, entering a place, especially entering somebody's car, that's uh, uh, easily. I, I am in fear of bodily injury from that individual. Right, and they so and at the end of the article, the writers go on to say that basically there's a gray area because the police do not have to enforce a public health mandate. So, like technically, if somebody if he was they can't make him put his mask on. No. But that's not what the parents were asking. The parents were saying, can we press charges against him for harassing the students? And they were saying, no, he's protected under his free speech rights. He can yell, he can stand across the street and yell at the students all he wants to. What I'm confused about is, I know, I don't know if the man said, oh, well, I just spit when I talk. So I accidentally spit on the kids, but it was really only because I was talking. But I still think that there are ways, like, for example, when I was in school um, on the south side of Chicago, it certain times of year, we would have gangs who would come. And they would do the same thing. They would stand across the street from the school 
and we would have the principals, we would have other parents, Chicago PD, they would escort us far enough away to where, or make sure you can get into your car or what, like I walked home, they make sure we go another way or whatever. So no, we can't arrest them for standing across the school, the street from the school, but we know what they're up to. We can make sure they don't have the opportunity to engage with the children. Mm. And I feel like that's what should have happened. Like, no, maybe the police can't arrest him. But if the cops are standing there on the corner, is he going to really spit on those kids? Mm-hmm. Is he going to really walk up on on somebody's car yelling right. at them? If, I mean, cause that, I mean that's, hara- that's harassment. Uh, I can't think of all the cool, fancy terms for it, but it, he, now he's not allowed to do that. Because my thing is, I've seen... The I've seen principals, parents, law enforcement, even like a, a few months ago, we talked about the story about the the dads who came to the school. Like I've seen people of authority use their presence to stop foolishness. Mm-hmm. And so my whole thing is, you know, as the police, this man is scaring and harassing these little kids. Why is him him being? Why is he more important than these kids being safe to walk out of the building into their mom's car? Yeah, that 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 has to take precedent. Like we're going to protect his right, but what about the uh, every every other time? It's what about the children? Every other time, but when there's actually somebody who's physically harassing the children, that's when certain uh, certain people just choose to be quiet. Like it's yeah. not it's not that important now. He he should be allowed to yell at our children, but we we get mad when somebody wants to teach our kid about Mar- uh, Martin Luther King. <laughs> <laughs> right, like it's it, political values aside, opinions about the mask aside, this man is harassing children who have to go to school. They have to walk into the building and they have to walk out of the building every single day. They don't have another choice. They can't just like, that's like if you have a like always oh, a schizophrenic dude who be on the corner at this gas station. So you just go to the gas station across the street. They don't have that choice. Mm-hmm. And imagine if that was a child, like how how scary and anxious would you be every day? You know, you had to go to school and that man was going to be out there yelling at you. Mm-hmm. A grown man. And the police say it, it, it's okay. They just got to get over it. No. Yeah. And then you trust the police. You think you see the police coming. Like, oh, they're going to protect us. And then the cop tells you, you don't have a right to complain about him. Because he has a right to free speech. And it's like, okay, but that kid has a right to wear the mask. Yeah, they're they're giving him milk milk and cookies. And and protect your voice. Here's some warm tea so you can yell louder. I mean, one thing I would say is it's a shame that the the news has to come out when people don't do their job. Like, I love when they do those segments where they catch, like, the city workers sleeping in a van and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Or people have, like, a $2,000 light bill. And the, the city won't reverse it. And then the news shows up and then they get the bill corrected like that. I'm like, it's a shame that they have to do that. But I'm glad the news use their voice to advocate for those kids. Now, I don't know if I appreciate them uh, filming city workers sleeping in their car. Okay. You don't. They be tired too. They be tired too. They be, but you know what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. It be, it be the ones that are like, they're, they're charging the city $200 an hour and they sleep in the car. You can't do that. You talking about how come how come I can't get my my uh, pothole filled? <laughs> that man been on a six hour break. Yeah, he get he get he get a, a pay increase because he won't be working right now. He is right. So yeah, let's let's hope um, that this guy. There's plenty of footage on him because he's been doing it for months. Let's hope that the police finally decide to at least ban him or restrict him or talk to him or something like do something to encourage him to not stand on that 
took them down and bother those kids <laughs> for some parent con. And they lucky it's not a different state because I feel like if they were a different state, a parent would have stood their ground. <laughs> you, you right about that. You were right you're about that. You lucky you got some nice parents because I'm honestly shocked that some of the parents didn't get together and handle him. Mm-hmm. I would have came out there uh show show of, I don't want to say for, show a will. Uh, show up. We ain't putting up with that shit no more. Cause some some tells me if it was more dads, cause you know usually, and I'm not making the gender thing, but it tends to be more so moms who pick up kids from school. Mm-hmm. Some tells me if it was like six dads stand on that corner, he wouldn't run up on nobody's kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, let me see who running on somebody's car. And I had about two or three other dads. Who were like, oh, mom, what you doing? <laughs> no, no. Spitting on kids? Could you imagine if you saw a grown man spit on a child? I don't know what I'd do if I was driving somewhere and I saw somebody uh, yell, running up and yelling at a child. I'd be like, I'd be like, do you know him? If they tell me no, I'm like, oh no, I'm I'm getting that child out of there. No, I'm not having you do that. That is not the time. No, oh, we gotta protect protect kids. You think? You would think. <laughs> But hopefully they get justice soon. I do think if they have video of him spitting on people, they can probably tr- press charges for that. So hopefully he go to jail pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Press charges of him running up on people. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess we slide on over to the next. Sure. All right. Transition music here. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day. And, and there's no transition music. There's no. <laughs> but um, and we're going to head over to the NFL. Okay. da 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 with the headline, Brian Flores sues NFL three teams as former Miami Dolphins coach alleges racism in hiring practices. And this has been a pretty big story this week in the NFL and mm-hmm. in, in sports media in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Flores, who identifies himself as a uh, black American, mm-hmm. he was the former head coach for the Miami Dolphins. He, had, he was recently fired and he's been interviewing for different um, head coaching positions. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's have a lawsuit, like fifty-eight page lawsuit, just saying all the all the reasons reasonings for um, racism and discrimination he's saying he's faced um, since he's been uh, in a position to be a head coach in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. some of the allegations, uh, the most recent allegations, uh, stem from the fact that after he was fired, he had interviews with different teams, and just for a little setup, the NFL has been probably almost two decades now had a rule called the Rooney Rule, uh, which requires each NFL team when there is a vacancy in a head coach or a high executive position, they have to hi- they have to at least interview one minority candidate. Wait, wait, wait. So you they've had that rule for 20 years? I want to say it happened at least early 2000, so I can't say 20 years exactly, but... That is wild considering how many people of color have been hired... With that rule in place, it's almost like it's just a thing to say you're doing and not really taking those candidates seriously. Yeah, because uh, when, when it first started, it, I, I completely understand because a lot of these candidates weren't even getting interviews. So there was no way you can gain the experience. Like there were other coaching candidates, like every every season they were getting uh, their white counterparts getting two or three interviews if they're considered a top coordinator or a former wow. head coach. Mm-hmm. So they they had the experience to go into those the next interview. But as a black candidate or any person of color who was trying to get one, yeah, they. I mean, if you only had one interview every three years, you're not going to be as well prepared. Or not prepared, but have the same experience as somebody who gets three interviews every off season. So that's why they right. implemented the rule. But as as terms, every, everything gets abused, and 
a lot of teams were just using it as a placeholder. Like, okay, who we're going to interview one guy. I remember a couple off a couple of off seasons where people were brought brought to light this rule. I think I was like in high school where it'd be like the same two black head coaches be mm-hmm. interviewed for a bunch of jobs. It's like, okay, I guess mm-hmm. there's only two black coaches who are even qualified. But some right. reason they keep getting all these interviews, and that's because a lot most of these teams they already made their choice or they have a candidate already in mind. So right. yeah. interview use just the formality. Mm-hmm. All right. And that and that's where Brian Flores, one of the issues he brings up, he had an interview, uh, whatever it was, a couple of weeks ago with the New York Giants. And the day before the interview, he got a, a text from Bill Belichick. And he worked for Bill Belichick prior to Miami Dolphins for over a decade. Mm-hmm. And text said, hey, man, congrats on the the Giants job. I heard the Giants and the um there's a job at the Bills. Everybody's talking so highly of you. You're, you're mm-hmm. gonna get, you're gonna get that job at the Giants. No sweat. And he's like, okay, Totes, that's that's great. Um, right. my interview's not till tomorrow. And he's like, you serious? He's like, yeah. Uh-uh. And then he, Brian asked him, did you mean to text another Brian that you, they used to work with together, Brian Daypool? And Bill had to, you know, he texted for a while. And he texted back like, oh, I fucked up, bro. My bad, Yolo. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, you know. Did he, he really say yellow? He, he, he didn't say yellow. Okay. I had to be yellow. <laughs> he did say I fucked up, though. Wow. Uh, he, he said he got it wrong. He just thought it was a different Brian. So, you know, Flores, he, the professional he was, he still went to the interview and wow. did his best. But, I mean, that has to. That's crushing, though. Stab you. Like, okay, y'all didn't. Y'all have no, no reason to hire me. Yeah. I'm just, I'm only here to fill your obligation because that was the only minority head coach they had interviewed was Brian Flores. And then to have to sit on that and not say anything mm-hmm. for years to have had that experience and have to be silent and to keep working by these people because you know as soon as you make a funk, then they'll, you out. Then you'll never have another opportunity ever again. So for him to have filed this lawsuit and have been coming out with these stories, like he had to have to kind of make peace and you know, grieve the loss of his opportunity to ever be an NFL head coach at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, you had to say goodbye to your dream and sacrifice your career on that level to to be able to have this complaint. But knowing that that'll open up the doors, hopefully, for somebody else behind you. But for you, it's, it's a wrap. Yeah, because I hate that. Because uh, he's still in the in the running, I guess you can say, to be a head coach for the New Orleans Saints as of this moment. Okay. Um, and I think Minnesota Vikings. I think they already hired, filled their position, but just say the New Orleans Saints because that's still open. Uh, but and it, people are like, well, if he gets hired by them, is he still going to do the lawsuit? And it's probably like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He felt discriminated against, and it's not to say like. Well, he, and everybody's saying, well, he might not win. And I, uh, I, I like what other people said. Like, that's not the point. We got to right. bring light to this issue. Because right. if we don't, it'll keep happening. It's hard to yeah. prove discrimination. It's most likely he won't win the lawsuit. Mm-hmm. But that's not the point. Mm-hmm. And just before I go into another another thing, he also had an interview with the Denver Broncos. They flew into where he was to interview him. He he brought that the the people the execs that came there, including John Elway, who's a former Denver Bronco, great quarterback, Super Bowl winning quarterback. Um, they were talking about how they had a a long night last night and that they they were out drinking and stuff, and he felt that they were hungover 
during his interview. Mm. Now that could be subjective, so I can't. Yeah. I can't say one way or the other, but that's what that's how he felt during the right. interview, and they did bring up the fact that we were out drinking pretty hard, and that's a weird thing to to bring to light when I'm trying to interview for a job. Yeah. It's like, I, I, I mean, I, I know I'm the candidate, and I should be extremely sober, energized, and ready to go, but you're also the person that hired me. This, this could be a thing that changes your franchise forever. Are you taking it serious? Why would you get so wasted the night before and then come in to uh, potentially offer me a right. million-dollar job to a billion-dollar organization? Well, and also... The other part of interviewing is like you want to make your the position you're hiring for appealing to a candidate who you really want. Mm. So if you really want to hire somebody, you want to be on your P's and Q's because you want to make it desirable for them to consider coming there. So that's another part of it too is like, would you show up hungover to something with a candidate that you were really excited about and impressed. Yeah, you think this person can change your franchise and get you over the hump and Mm -hmm. and increase the value of your franchise a billion dollars. That's who you're Mm -hmm. trying to hire, the guy that's going to bring that that type type of esteem to your franchise. And you come there drunk, oh, you didn't take it serious. Again, you undermine him as a a professional. Yeah. And, pri- and prior to that, he also had issues with his previous organization with the Miami Dolphins in terms of, um, he said when he first got hired there, the the owner had offered him $100,000 for every game he loses. Mm. And what you can't do, and which is extremely bad in ter- since um, the NFL has really dug his heels into the gambling aspect. Mm-hmm. The owner has come out, out since and denied those and said... If of course, yeah. He, yeah, he said, I mean, if I did even make a comment close to that, I was only joking. But okay. That's a weird comment to make and mm-hmm. not the person you're saying it to not understand it's a joke. Mm. And that he... The the head the the owner told Brian Flores like hey we're trying to get this better in QB and I, I want you to try to meet him but he's like no that's tampering and you know if you get caught tampering that can the NFL can take away draft picks or give you and the team mm-hmm. a fine he's like I'm not gonna do that this is my first head coaching job why would I risk that and so the owner invited him to the to his yacht and when he shows up this high pro high profile of quarterback was on the yard also at that exact same time, mm. and so he saw that and he just walked away. He said, "I'm not doing. I'm not dealing with this." Mm-hmm. And it's been rumored that that high profile quarterback was Tom Brady. <laughs> not confirmed. Not confirmed. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> a lot of people are saying the same thing. Like, oh, it seems like that was most likely Tom Brady, and it, uh, Tom Brady did end up going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yeah. which is another yeah. team in Florida. So. It just it seemed like the NFL is, is a messy mouse. It's like it's a lot of stuff that they do that's still kind of like good old boys clubish, mm-hmm. and I think it's annoying for a lot of I think it's annoying for a lot of people of diff, any racial background. But I can also understand, especially for black people who are trying to advance through the NFL because we're so overrepresented in terms of the players. You know, like. It's, it's really hard to imagine how, like, a, a rational, non-race-based reason why you have so many NFL players who are black, but then so few who easily get the the commentator jobs. Like, some, like, some white people, they lead the NFL, they instantly get a commentator job. Or, you know, so few who come up through the ranks, but they hit these glass ceilings and turn them into head coaching positions and other important roles. 
um, even in terms of like jobs with the team and all these other types of things. Like it's really hard for you to say, okay, well, if this huge percent of the NFL is black, but then when you start getting into these higher roles, they just, oh, it's no viable candidates. Oh, they did the interview well. They didn't fit the culture, the culture, like all these BS excuses. Like you can only get so many excuses before people have to start being like, come on now. Yeah, because I hate the perception when they say, well, we're just trying to hire the reverse person for the job. And they, they tend to hire offensive coordinators. And, you know, I know for football, just for the one or two people, the below the, the head coach, the two highest coaches are usually the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. And since offense is so important in football, a lot of offensive coordinators tend to get head coaching jobs in the mm-hmm. future. Um, and it's hard to get those positions, of course. And it just seems overrepresented that it it is a, a, um, a lot of... Uh, white coaches who they let be officer coordinators, right? And from most... the bottom, from the bottom entering at the bottom level of the NFL, mm-hmm. is certain people who they invest the energy in and the social connections in and the grooming in to get to the to put you in a position on every level to where you can get that top tier coaching job. Yes, it's certain people who they put in to meet quotas or they give chances to but you're not getting any of those extra levels of support that are going to get you up to that that higher level to to push you through you know so it's like yeah you can say oh i'm giving these people an opportunity yeah but you're not giving them the same opportunity with an with a pipeline to it where as long as you literally don't get a dui and you don't say anything racist, you will get that head coaching mm-hmm. job in, in a certain number of years, yeah, you just, know? Just because you're off the coordinator. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, and it comes to those subtle things of discrimination where a lot of off the coordinators come from being quarterback coaches and off the line coaches. And for some reason, that is another thing that's underrepresented among black people mm-hmm. in the in NFL and the higher levels of right. um, high college football. Like, how come they aren't Quarter black quarterback coaches. You know, you can't tell me that black people can't uh, coach the position. When I look at the NFL, especially how the NFL is being played now, and how and how many black people are allowed to be playing court, quarterback. Because you know there was a time where they they couldn't, they didn't. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, just another story to go with, go with that real quick uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars, where they had Brian Leftwich. They had drafted him out of Marshall to be their quarterback, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the um, one of their executives who was also a black man. He made sure the second string quarterback and the third string quarterback were also black because he knew mm-hmm. that if he and it happened to Cam Newton, he knew that if he had a white backup, they would be calling for him, for him to go mm-hmm. into the game immediately. Mm-hmm. And they did the same thing with Cam Newton in, in in Carolina, where he had a white backup who's a rookie who's like a third rounder. Not saying that he wasn't good, but he's not on the team anymore. Right. He wasn't a franchise changing. Well, quarterback he, mm-hmm. he was just okay and right. he, he ended up and they were calling for him to take cam newton's spot and like cam newton is a is a pro bowler who is struggling if tom brady is struggling you are not pulling him out the out the game no, yeah. for struggling and rogers is struggling you're not going to pull him from the game because he was struggling and he had some boy who was unproven behind him you're like well we got to get him in there mm-hmm. and this is a change it's frustrating and i, I think football is one of those things where the politics of it are tricky, even without race. So, like, there are coaches who you can name on every level who were screwed over, who you can say they didn't get enough time to try to turn a franchise around. They came in with 
you know, a, a, a gun pointed on them and it was only inevitable. Like no matter how well they performed, they were going to be fired. Like you can, you can make that case for a lot of people in the NFL and I would argue also on the NCAA level. But I think that doesn't take away from the fact that it's that those, all those same politics are happening with non-white coaches. And then you also have to add on the level of racism and gatekeeping or the shorter tolerance, like you're saying, to make mistakes and mm-hmm. to stretch and grow or to have a temperament or to have a conflict with a, with a player. Like you have less grace around you. You have to be more likable, more tolerant. You have to really be careful about what you're saying and what you're doing more so than in another person, you know, even to get to the opportunity where you can have a win to where you can prove yourself and pull the other people up behind you and everything. So, I mean, I think the NFL is making slow, slow progress, but I think in, they need to take a, a, a play from the NBA's book and have the players be more vocal. Like the one of the biggest reasons why the NFL has been able to get away with what they've been doing for so many years is because the players aren't like, um, we want to see this much diversity on our in our leadership in the you know, in the administration, in the coaching. Like we wanna see more black and brown faces on every level of the NFL off the field too. Mm-hmm. If the players were advocating for it, then they would have to make a change. You know, yeah, and, I, and it's and it is just so hard, especially in the NFL, where careers literally last the average is like two and a half years, right? So, you know, you work so hard to get to the NFL, and you know, you can be replaced as somebody literally sitting on the bench waiting to replace you, and then you saw they made an example out of other people, like, oh, um, shoot, I'm not trying to get subtly pushed out of the NFL. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to just shut up and not say nothing. So it's like every everything about the system is designed to keep you feeling like you should be grateful to have a job. You know, it's not really an equal equivalent to, you know, in, in the NBA, no, it's not as big as being here in the United States, but at least it's other basketball players who have gone up to other countries and made a pretty decent living. Like maybe you're not making LeBron money, but you're making good money and you can still play your career. If you get, if you get kicked out the NFL – you know, blackballed out of there. Where are you going? Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. You, you can say, like, oh, you go to CFL. CFL can only have a certain amount of American players, and those are only a finite team. There's, like, eight of them. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you can go over to Europe. There's different leagues across Europe and Asia that you can play in. It's only the NFL and maybe the CFL, and I think they got an experimental league down in Mexico, but that's really it. Yeah, that's it. So... I'm 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 happy to see people who are speaking out and and making the sacrifices. I think that's what it takes in order to make change. Like it's people have to be brave enough to put themselves on the line, and that's what he did in this case. And so I hope that at least it opens up a bigger dialogue, and it just it just moves things forward a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Because it's literally no reason why the only people qualified in the United States to coach football are white straight white men. Yeah, it's no reason you that you it's too many people in this country who love football and know football of any gender, of any racial group, you know, of any sexuality. It's no reason why just white men who are straight are uniquely qualified to coach football over anybody else. And this and it's it's literally <laughs> impossible and the, and it's just another thing in terms of coaching 
And this, especially on, on the college level, I know this is kind of getting away, but it's not in the same realm of how you have to, uh, in college, you have to be able to make no money to start off as, say, a graduate assistant at a big program or a small program. Mm-hmm. So you're literally making nothing uh, while, while you have to do a full-time coaching. You're doing the same things as what the officer coordinator is doing, mm-hmm. if not more, because they're going to expect you to be in there trying to cut up film, making sure everything's right, and you're not going to pay anything but a meal plan and about a couple thousand dollars in your pocket. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to support yourself as a young 20-year-old. who yeah. People who are more affluent from probably from their parents are going to be able to do that everybody can't just afford to not make any money for three years and even in the nfl you want to start off as a a low coach and work your way up it's hard when you're you're making fifty thousand dollars a year but you're in a city where you might if you get if the coach gets fired and they replace everybody and they also replace you Mm -hmm. and you you're married with children like how how do you put your wife through that Right. Uh, wife or husband your children how do you put them through that now we have to pack up and move again we move to another city that coach gets fired mm-hmm. that's a lot to ask for and everybody doesn't have the means to c- continually do that yeah it's it's really sad how systems are set up to gatekeep people from working up and now like another thing that we're starting to see in the nfl and i would say the nba too i can't speak for other teams because other leagues because i'm not as familiar but like this idea of nepotism of oh their dad was a coach their brother played you know played football here and like in the nba oh their son is is gonna go into the nba we it's a lot of buzz around this person because they dad plays sports and it's like okay well that's great and i'm sure they are talented but it's other people who might also be talented who just don't have a name and they're not getting attention because they don't have the name and they don't have the connections and people who believe in them you know mm-hmm. so it, it, it's frustrating it's one of those things where you would like to see all the walls broken down and just let the best person who gets the opportunity, you know, of course, some of it is luck and some of it is personality and everything else. But, like, I think the NFL will look very different if they let go of this mindset of, like, you got to come from this, this, this uh, school. And like you said, you got to have the access to be able to not take a good salary. And, you know, this, you have to look a certain way and carry yourself a certain way. And you got to have a certain type of family and your wife got to look a certain way and all this other type of stuff to get in these positions. Like, who cares? Yeah. Who, what's, that, what, what's that got to do with what you do at work? Yeah, it's, it's rare that um, coaches of color are, are maybe perceived as underqualified for the position and, and, the, and an organization just takes a chance on them. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I see that with coaches who aren't coaches of color who they like, okay, he, he was a coordinator for one year. He was a position coach, but there's something about him. I'm going to take a chance on him. And I'm not saying it doesn't happen. It happened with a, uh, a, cu- a couple of uh, black coaches who weren't coordinators but got a position. But uh, some of them have been – they've been in the NFL for 20 years. So it's like, all right, well, they, they have all the experience necessary. It's not like they aren't <laughs> And experience. only then. Yeah. And only then. But when you got coaches who, hey, they were they were coaching for – seven years and now they got a head coach position in their, their early 30s it's like okay uh, uh we just changed the rules on what's needed to be a head coach now yeah it's, it's wild it's like that thing where and now that i'm older i understand it where people used to be mad when they about you know like in movies where they would get they'd be up for a promotion and they wouldn't get it and their boss would be like a 21 year old or it'd be like it'd be like a 21 year old with a fancy degree or it'd be like the boss's son yeah 
And I never understood the rage behind that until now that I'm an, an, an adult and I have worked really hard and I have like a lot of career experience behind me. And to think about me coming into a job interview or for a promotion or something like that, knowing I'm qualified to do a job and then somebody else get that job over me because they know somebody. <laughs> or because, you know, like, I'm a woman, so they think I would be too emotional to leave. But they feel like this man would be more qualified or whatever the situation yeah. is. Whatever the BS reason is somebody came up with. Like, I think just people taking chances away from you that you know you deserve and how infuriating that is. Or you seeing other people get opportunities and you trying to figure out why am I not getting the same opportunities as them. Things just seem so easy for this person, you know? Mm-hmm. Like... I see I see that in my job every day and I just be like, wow, people some some people here just get the doors open for them without even have to reach up and grab the knob. The door just being open from the other side for them. With a hand out to to pull them in. Pull yep. them through. And that is that's really hard to sit back and watch. And so I understand why he got to the point where he wanted to have a lawsuit because it's not fair. And I know a lot of people will say, Oh, well life isn't fair. It's like, yes, life isn't fair. But try being on the other side of it. Not not the person that's getting the, ch- the charm and getting the door open for them. But when you're on the other side, it's harder to just say, oh, well. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I just got uh, just uh, just kind of two quick things until we went on the story long. <laughs> but uh, a, a lot of, a lot of people, they were, they were trying to say that, well, uh, some of the execs over there in Miami Dolphins where he was recently fired from, well, they, they're also black. So... How is he saying this discrimination? Mm. Uh, and I, it's two things I can say to that. They can be black, and their owner doesn't want that person to be the coach. Yeah. What's going to happen? That person's not going to be the coach. And not to say anything about the those individuals who work there, but just because they're black doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. And if you know, you know. Just mm-hmm. because you're black, that doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. But that's not to say anything about them. I don't know them. I don't know what they're going through. But that doesn't mean anything. And if you're if the person above the person who y'all saying, well, they black too, that doesn't mean <laughs> if they want you fired, you fired. The head person wants you fired. Mm-hmm. And just because another team wants to hire, potentially hire him doesn't mean he should let that discrimination that happened in those previous teams go. That's still not okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, I think that's it. Me being mad about stuff in football. What you yeah, I'll, I'll be excited to see the NFL continue to grow and change over the years. And I know we were like just laughing, we having this conversation the other day. But you know, I, you got more players, co- people who are coming out of the closet. You got maybe people who don't feel like they necessarily need to be perfect family men to be quarterbacks. Like I, I think the NFL needs to kind of catch up with the times mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And yeah, they they may lose some people from their audience, but they may gain others. If the people who think the NFL is, is catching up to the times and getting more interesting because it's changing. So that's why I just kind of feel like, you know, I'm not going to totally give up on them, but I want them to do better. Hey man, that man Lamar Jackson, he ain't let nobody change how he talked. I, I appreciate that too, though. <laughs> I highly appreciate it. But mm-hmm. you got, you got anything else for us today? I do. Ooh. I have a, another story. What you got? What you got? What you got? Um, this story is about a game that we have recently become very addicted to called <laughs> Wordle. Um, so for those who don't know, Wordle is a game that was invented by a guy who was like a, a tech person 
and during the pandemic, him and his girlfriend were uh, boring, bored, and she likes to play like different games and stuff like that. And so he created um, Wordle, and basically it is once a day. There's a new Wordle. It, it you get six tries to guess one six-letter word. Is it six letters or five letters? I want to say five, but it's, it's one of those. It's five letters. Yeah, okay. So you get six chances to guess a five-letter word, and there are like little clues that you get along the way to help you figure out what letters go where and what letters are in the word and aren't in the word. And it really just took the internet by storm over the last maybe like three months. It blew up. And one of the things people like about Wordle the most is that there is one word a day. So it's not a game where you can get like sucked into it and get it, play it all day. Because it doesn't allow for that type of thing. So it's like, oh, you get this, you know, five or ten minutes or however long where you get to kind of engage your brain and you can go on about your day. It's not built to be, trick you into being addictive and sell you ads and stuff like that. It just, it feels like very clean and very pure on the internet because you're not, you don't have to buy coins, you know, you're just guessing a word. And so recently, um, the man who invented Wordle put out a statement that the New York Times had put in an offer for Wordle and he sold it. Oh, he sold out quick. He sold it to the New York Times. And so people are pretty, pretty upset. Um, as I don't know if any, if everybody knows this, but the New York Times is most of their content is behind a paywall. And so there was a lot of immediate fears that Wordle would be go behind that paywall and then it wouldn't be as accessible. Um, before I forget, the person who created Wordle, W-O-R-D-L-E, his, na- his name is Josh Wordle, W-A-R-D-L-E. Oh, that's cool. Yep. And so, um, yeah, so some people were really definitely upset about it being like, sold and commodified and going to New York Times where we don't know what the future of it will be, if it will, you know, it be inaccessible at some point, if the words will get harder, if it'll get more pretentious or whatever. Um, but then other people said that they're happy that the man who created it got a hefty amount of money for it and he doesn't have the burden of running this hugely popular website all by himself. And so there are like a lot of conflicted feelings and emotions about Wordle, like the, the, a big corporate entity eating up Wordle, but then also this like average guy changing his life based on this very simple, but fun game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've had a fun time playing it with you. You introduced it to me. And like you said, it's you, you. You don't have to worry about. All right, I got to get eight different wordles today to unlock the <laughs> yeah, word yeah. key. Like, no, I just do it one time. Mm-hmm. If I get it, I get it. I'm happy. If I don't, I'm a little disappointed. But I can't wait to to try it again. Yeah, and I do think it's one of those things where like it's fun to see people kind of like post their word, like see how many times it took them to guess the word and and share that on social media every day. Like I think it's a game that brings engagement and there are other apps that are, oh, I almost broke my cup. Mm-hmm. There are other apps that are bootleg wordles where you can just play all day till you blew in the face. But I think the words are harder on those. Like the one that we played, that's like the fake wordle knockoff. I think it's like weird words on there. Yeah, yeah. Weird story. I think they had blake and i'm like i'm 
I've never used that word in my life. And, <laughs> and it'd be like blurst or something. Like some random weird word. You'd be like, what? People don't even, but it lets you choose by a common word, which is why I'm always confused. I'm like, this is not a common word. Let me go back to Wordle. I had to wait 23 hours for Wordle to come back. So, um, yeah, just wanted to share that. I knew that was going to upset you that, that Wordle had gotten sold. I'm upset it got sold, but I understand. He's one person trying to run this extremely popular website. Uh, it, it, it gets difficult and hard, and it's just like easier to give it to somebody else. But yeah. hopefully they don't... Hopefully, I'm okay with them making the... Having the free version which still runs, just mm-hmm. like how it is now, Wordle. And maybe they have like a more advanced version, like an eight-letter version of this, mm-hmm. 10-letter version, which they're probably working on. And that way they can, um, for people that do want to challenge, but they, that has to be behind a paywall. I understand that. Just don't put don't put the, the version we're playing behind the paywall, please. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's gotten popular for a reason. Maybe if we get so good at it, we may be more apt to pay for it. Like, hey, we want the... The six, the eight letter version of it now, or eight or ten letter version, because we just love Wordle so much. But if you put it behind a paywall in a couple months, well, I'm just, I'll, I'll just stop playing it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I do have a, a quick, I have a quick um, Reddit to wrap up the show. If you're good with that, or do you want to wrap up now and save it for next week? Oh, hey, we, we can, we can, let's do, let's do a Reddit. Okay, okay. All right, so we have an Am I the Asshole? And this person had a throwaway account, which I'm coming to realize is a sign that it's probably going to be that they're the asshole. Usually <laughs> we have throwaway accounts. But he writes, Am I the asshole for not liking Indian food? My, he's 30 male, girlfriend, 27 female, is Indian. She moved to the U.S. a few years back. I'm American and white, if it matters. We live in North Carolina. My girlfriend loves to cook. She told me so on our first date. However, I'm not the biggest fan of Indian food. I find that a lot of spices used irritate my stomach, and I have a very low tolerance for hot and spicy foods. She never had an issue with this and never forced me to eat anything um, I didn't want to. So when I stay over her place, she makes things that like uh, pancakes and French toast, and they're incredible because she's a good cook. We moved in together two weeks ago, and my girlfriend was ecstatic to get into the new kitchen and start cooking. I was happy to see her so happy, but I didn't realize how our food preferences would become a problem. You see, I didn't realize that she cooks and eats a lot of Indian food all the time. For the past year, whenever we spent time together, she makes things like ramen, pasta, tacos, etc. I figured that that's what she normally ate. I have a few Indian American friends and they told me they don't exclusively eat Indian food at home. So I thought that it was the same thing with her. Yesterday, she was super excited to show me something and drag me in the kitchen. And there were 20 to 30 different types of spices uh, stored neatly and labeled. I asked why and she said to cook Indian food, silly. I told her I didn't like Indian food and she told me that she wouldn't force me to eat anything. So not to worry. It's just for her meals and she makes separate meals for me. I asked her if she could simply not cook Indian food at all in our house because the smell is so pungent and if she cook regular food instead. She told me that Indian food is regular food for her and I'm going to have to get used to it. I insisted and she said that she'll only consider giving up cooking Indian food if I give up meat at home because she doesn't like the smell of it being cooked. Mm-hmm. I told her it was unfair to ask because she never objected when I cooked meat in my apartment 
And she told me I was only demanding that she give up, give it up because I was doing the same thing to her. So I got quite mad and told her she was being unreasonable since I need meat, since I work out a lot, but she doesn't need Indian food and she can order takeout if she craves it. She told me restaurants here weren't good for Indian food and it's unhealthy to eat takeout every day. So we ended up arguing and now we're not speaking. Am I the asshole for insisting that she doesn't cook with spices? Hey, she doesn't need any food and she doesn't need him. Oh. <laughs> I think I can easily tell you this, baby. He is the asshole. Sir, biggest, biggest things to me. Number one, you don't like your wife's food. And obviously she's very connected to her culture. And girlfriend, girlfriend. A girlfriend, yeah. And the food is a big part of that culture. And it was several things and he, he referenced when he was talking about the food, like, you know, normal American food, not like Indian food. So like you othered her culture. And then you use your other Indian friends, which I'll say friends loosely, is like, well, they don't eat Indian food. Okay, well are they are they from India? Like, did they live in India and come over to the United States? Were they raised here? Were they from a different state in India? Did they have a different level of acculturation? Yeah, and just to say that they didn't say they didn't eat any food. They just said they cook a plethora of food foods. Like, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, and they might not be the best cooks in the world, so they can't yeah. eat, make Indian food as much. I make a certain dishes, but they said, like he said, they eat tacos. Like, yeah, they probably that's an easy dish to make. Um, not well if you make it easy, but it's an easy dish to make poorly, right. which they probably do since they're not the best cooks in the world. Which it, which it seems like. Right, and I'm, I'm like, that'd be like saying, well, you know, I I have one white friend, and he said that he doesn't like mayonnaise, so I was assuming all white people didn't like mayonnaise. Like, mm. what are you talking about? Just because you're like one group of people said they like something doesn't mean another group who just happen to be the same race they they're not all the same, you know. And I feel like it's really unreasonable to ask her like leave her culture out of your house. But I'm, the other thing I would say is on her part. That can't be the only time that he's ever said or done something ignorant. Yeah, you, you're you're letting it happen at some point, and you're okay with it. For him to continually talk bad about your culture, and like you said, it, he didn't just otherize it this time. It it's happened leading to this, right? Like I'm, sh- I I will be curious to know if it's other things about her culture that he's made little slick comments on or judged, and she let it slide because now they're living together. So like, you know. Is he the type of person where he wants you to be American and not Indian? And is he going to, if y'all were to get married, like, is he going to try to make you raise your children outside of your culture? Because mm-hmm. he seemed like he just don't have no awareness of, like, he really wants to pull her to be American. Yeah. Quote, unquote. Whatever he, that's supposed to mean. Yeah, he doesn't want that Indian stuff happening. And that, hopefully she's asking her own self this question, but she might be cool with it. Because, she, hey, she's still there. So I don't know if there, there was an update or anything. Right, uh, no update, but mostly just people cooking him in the comments. How do spices freak you out? Uh, if it's not salt and pepper, that's weird. Uh, I'm a regular American. No spilly spices in my American house. <laughs> no kind. Uh, he said, "How is like is Asian food the only food that you consider to be pungent?" And I would push back on that, and I would agree because I'm tuna fish is pungent, boiled eggs, uh, some German meats and sausages like liverwurst. Mm-hmm. That stuff is pretty pungent. Sardines are pungent, you know. Um, so mostly just people cooking the life out of this man. 
everybody has agreed. Nobody, nobody took his side. It was a firm, clear asshole. And then just a lot of Asian people explaining how all Asian people aren't the same and they all have different relationships with Indian food and how frequently they eat it and cook it. And somebody said it's great that they start living together so you can find out that you should not, absolutely not be getting married. Mm-hmm. If you can't smell the smell her food, you can't stand it. How you gonna go to her family house? Yeah, what I was just gonna say that. <laughs> what happens if you go to her family house or her, her other if she has another Indian friend, y'all go to their house for a dinner or something. This is reminds me of the the story we read a few months back where the guy had a girlfriend that was Indian and he was like, Don't cook that Indian food at Thanksgiving. I would be so embarrassed if you didn't just make normal Thanksgiving food. It's like that's a, that's a clue. That's a clue. Don't be surprised. But the, the to me, the good thing about America is the variety of foods. Like you can get you can, in the same city, you can go two blocks. You can get Indian, Chinese. You can get sushi. Mm. You can get soul food. Ethiopian food. Yeah. You can go get Italian food. Like that's amazing. You like the the benefits of having a multicultural household, and you can learn to eat something, find something that's Indian food that you do like. Mm-hmm. Maybe ask her to just make it bland for you because yeah. you don't like spices. Yeah, make mine less spicy, please, so I, I can eat it. But I'm cool. I'm cool. If somebody's going to take the time to cook for cook for you, unless hey, if it's making you throw up and to the point you're sick, hey man, don't don't eat it. I ain't asking for that. But yeah. you're just saying it, it's too spicy. Butter, like some butter chicken and rice. Like come on now, <laughs> sir. But I would, the last thing I'll say before we wrap up is I think. When you are in an interracial relationship, it's really important to know what things may not seem like a big deal to you, but may trigger other, like your partner. And I know like one thing that's a common negative stereotype about South Asian or Indian people is that like they, they smell because their food smells. And it's like, you don't know what type of bigotry and racism that she's experiencing in North Carolina coming here coming from her home to North Carolina and having people comment about her food and smells associated with her and so I feel like for that to be your boyfriend and him to say something like that it's just all around problematic like I just the whole thing about like Indian food is stinky. I just, I don't. It just don't sit well with me. Yeah, thank, thanks, sir. At least, at least you know, how, at least you know how you feel now. So you hey. mean garlic and turmeric? That's what you smelling? Hey, man, just hey. <laughs> she got to. Hopefully, she using her common sense. Don't let, don't don't be blinded by how all that muscles apparently he got from needing to eat all that meat. So, yeah, yeah, double yeah. You got anything to wrap wrap us up on the story, babe? I'll just say. I'm not like I'm not the biggest biggest fan of Indian food, but I've had good Indian meals that I like. And anytime we've got an Indian takeout, you can always pick the spice level. <laughs> and so it ain't no excuse, sir. You what are those things? Uh, Samoa samosas. Yeah, some things is delicious. Yeah, you it's... can't eat a samosa. That it. That's come on now. Yeah, you get to go. And I'm assuming her her <laughs> tastes better. Homemade samosas. Yeah. But hey, everybody different. Even when they're different in bad ways. Like like our Dump OP them. here, Dump them. <laughs> yeah, for real. But thank y'all again for coming here and listening to us. Mm-hmm. We can't wait to hear from y'all and to for y'all to listen again and be with us next week. Also for Valentine's Day, hey, yeah, we're gonna have a, a special Valentine's Day themed episode. Hey, so have a good one, y'all. 
Hey, milky milkers. It's alternative milk. Except it's not. Cause it's, that's a tough one. Well, Morgan's your host. Jamal gets the other one. We love to talk, talk to you. What do we talk about on the podcast? All types of things. Well, we were out last. I like to talk and sing to the audience. There's no word that rhymes with audience. So we press on and sing more songs now. He's coming back. Gotta be quiet. Getting in trouble when he comes back. I can't press buttons because I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-mm-mm. I definitely have friends. Friends, friends, friendly friends. Time to meet my friends.